Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are. Leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. One, two, three. Oh, I'm still on get this stuff with my dad. He's okay. <laughs> they don't want to get a nasty tweet from Donald Trump. I wish he'd stay off Twitter. I don't care. I don't care anymore. Well, either way. Why are you here? You're supposed to be asleep. I'm here determined to stop this future atrocity. It's just not a natural thing we would do in our society. You don't see that. Yes. Two things that have only never let me down in this entire country's history. The First Amendment and Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Let me tell you, the one that matters is me. Well, uh, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty, who host the popular uh, radio talk show, ask the same question of their listeners, and here's their response. The man is a pathological manipulator, liar. This is Ed McMahon, and now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Live from Studio C. Season your. We broadcast from a dimly lit room, very cold also, deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications Compound. 
where you're not allowed. And today we are under the tutelage of our general manager. I'm sticking with the firefighters of the western United States. So it's now uh, close to the worst fire in California history, the biggest fire. There are fires all over the West Coast. Uh Talking about the car fire? Yeah. The Redding, California area? I was just listening to a report from from a woman who said... Shouldn't we get a text or something? She said she came, she had no idea the fire that was close. She went outside. She heard a really loud boom, went outside of her house, and it was right there in her backyard. Yikes. And so her and her kids threw all their stuff in their car and drove off, but they had no idea. I thought there were systems for that now. Well, that's what she thought. Hmm. <laughs> Shit, that's what she thought. Yeah. And when the house got, when the fire got, they evacuated within like six miles of my house a couple weeks ago for a different fire, and... um and I thought, did, does somebody tell you? Or that's why I went out and drove in the middle of the night to see how close the fire was. I thought, would somebody let you know? Or do you right. find out when it gets hot in your house? Or a siren or something? Yeah, apparently sometimes you find out and sometimes you don't. I realize they got a lot going on. And- there are tornado sirens in uh, I'm in tornado country. Yeah, yeah, right. You just you yeah. set that fire every off. town. Every town has one. Mm-hmm. I said, oh, Lord Jesus, it's a fire. Is that how you found out? Your neighbor said, oh, Lord Jesus, it's a fire. That doesn't seem like a great system. No. Um, Let's introduce everybody in the squad to start the show. I mean, what if you're not going out for a cold pop? (laughs) When the fire approaches, you'd never know. Uh, There's our board operator, Michelangelo. He presses buttons. He flips toggles. That's what he did for a living. How are you this morning, Michael? I'm okay. Uh, The air conditioning quit on in my place, and so I'm a little hot right now, so I'll have to get that repaired. At where you live? Yeah. Yeah. And also, I got my backup reading glasses. I broke the other, my main glasses, so I'm hurting, but I'm, you know, I... I, (laughs) Let's be real here. Everything is pretty darn good for me. So yeah. I, I keep looking at everything that I got, and, you know, this is not a big deal, really. Yeah, that's right. Can't sweat the little stuff, Michael. Yeah. In each life, a little rain must fall. Am I wrong? No, I'm not. I'm setting up some fans, and, you know, we'll ride out the heat wave. There you go. So. Uh, there's Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing very well, and uh, I'm not sure if you guys are aware of the headline from my household, but that is that Canada Dry Ginger Ale is under fire for not having enough ginger in its ale. Mm. Uh, Julie oh. Fletcher of New York says, quote, Canada Dry's ginger flavor extract is not real ginger, as reasonable consumers understand that term, who uh, I'm sure she's a blast to have at parties. <laughs> it's manufactured in a lab. Like, this seems to come from her childhood upset stomach. Old wives remedy ginger sure, helps yeah. upset stomach. Yeah. I bought soda for my child. Turns out soda was not helping my child with the upset stomach, and so now the company must pay. Well, any flavor in a can, I assume it's made uh, made in a lab somewhere. I never expect there's real anything in it. If you go can. ginger ale, buy American. Yeah, there you go. I've never liked ginger ale. Voice thought it was terrible. Canada dry. I get it. Um, uh, she ought to hang out with the guy who sued Subway for having an eleven and a half foot uh, or eleven and a half inch uh, foot longs. Right. Can't be doing that. <laughs> There's, it's all about lawyers soaking companies and driving up your prices. There, aye, aye, aye. There's Marshall Phillips who does our news every day. How are you, Marshall? I got to tell you, I'm doing the turkey trot. I got wild turkeys ooching all over my neighborhood again. So I'm threatening a, you again. I ran a profile on them, and you're laughing. You are laughing, Joe. We are. We are laughing. Yes, and I'll continue you. to laugh. Yes. When I told you they had surrounded my car and were moving in upon me. <laughs> Yes, we did laugh. Well, I got to tell you, I run a profile, and it's true. Wild turkeys will attack. You got to watch out for them. Now, right now, I'm shadowing their movements in my neighborhood. I'm going to file a full (laughs) report later this week. And something else I've learned. 
At night, you're looking for a turkey, hmm? look up in the trees. Really? That's where yeah, they, they sleep. They that's sleep in the trees. That's how they get you. They descend night on night. you. Yep. Just, so they yep. can jump down upon you. Pack yes. a <laughs> hole in your head. Yeah. Gouge out your eyes. Yes. So anyway, we'll uh, we'll continue to track uh, the turkeys and their movements and their habits for well, you. We were mocking you when you uh, felt attacked when you were in your car, because when you're in your car, I think you're perfectly safe, and you could just drive, and either they get out of the way or they As don't, that's they their choice. advance on you and begin to circle your vehicle? <laughs> yes, these, these so-called cars are often used to drive through the habitat of lions, Marshall. <laughs> People are fairly safe there, but the turkey, not so much, I guess. Uh, uh, so what time's Paul Manafort go on trial this morning? It's going to be later Any this second now. Any, oh, any and America's hanging on yeah. the verdict. Yeah. We expect a verdict by noon. And you can uh, talk to a lawyer, here a TV lawyer, who will say it's got nothing to do with the Trump trial whatsoever, so who cares? Right. And you can talk to a, a TV lawyer who will say this has major implications Correct. for Trump collusion. So, yeah, all right. Uh, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this Tuesday, July 31st, the year 2018. We're setting you straight in 218. We're Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. Okay, then let's begin the show officially now according to FCC rules and regulations. A lot of good stuff to get to, seriously. Great guests and topics and all sorts of things. And they're happening at the mark. Throw Grandpa from the train, all right? <laughs> he needs to go home. As a comment on Rudy Giuliani. Oh, no, wait a minute. Throw America's mayor. Throw Grandpa from the train. He needs to go home. Well, the question is, is it a strategy all day from Rudy Giuliani to throw out all this different stuff, or is he just a rambling old man? My money's on the ladder. Oh, boy, uncharitable. <laughs> what are other headlines, Marshall? A wildfire toll in California. Thousands of homes threatened. Manafort in court. The special counsel's first case before a jury in this matter. And President Trump is weighing in on the battle over 3D printable guns. Stories coming up minutes from now. Yeah. So uh, I didn't know about this. We're going to talk to somebody later. The The idea that you can download the blueprints yeah. for 3D printing guns, and then you get a printer, and you can make a gun at home. Yep. Super. Um, how does mailbag look? Oh, it's outstanding advice. Uh, we have an offer to buy your stinky, stinky truck. <laughs> All sorts of good stuff. I drove my stinky truck to work today. How was it? Not bad. I, you know, I had hosed it out, covered it in dish washing detergent or something like that, and mm. let it soak for a couple of days. It's pretty good. It ain't great, mm. but it's okay. Mm. It really sick to my stomach, yeah. and actually, I threw up yesterday. That's Jack's passenger right there. Yeah, we'll bring you up to speed on a number of stories going on today. Rudy Giuliani introduced a whole new Russia meeting yesterday, just out of nowhere, and nobody knows what he was talking about. <laughs> to say that it didn't happen. And he says the second meeting that you'll be hearing about at some point. That didn't happen that either. That didn't happen. What are you talking about? Wow. Wow. Uh, anyway, stay tuned for all that coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the of nation. Of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Oh, that label man said, son, now can you so sing a little bit Four years ago, that, that 777 Malaysian airline disappeared with 239 people on board, and the final report, almost 500 pages, came out yesterday. We'll hit you with their conclusion of what they think most likely happened, though they don't know for certain, and we may never know. But the most likely thing that happened according to all their evidence. Space aliens. So the, you're right, space aliens. I'm sorry, I gave it away. Neptunians. 
Mailbag. Martians, they're angry that we're on their underground lake. Exactly. They're trying to hide it from us. We're assuming that's water. might be vodka. Martians might have vast underground lakes of vodka. Wouldn't that be something? (laughs) That would be surprising. Our Orwellian quote of the day, passed along by Benjamin uh, the Libertarian. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. And I might add... Beating down people because you don't like their opinions is anti-fascism. Yeah. Good one. Thank you. Speaking of which, I think we need to have super bonus mailbag later on. The reaction to our discussion of the suit moving forward against San Jose for not only allowing, but seemingly encouraging gangbangers and thugs to beat down people who... Wandered by a Trump rally. Uh, just an amazing outpouring of, of passion and anger and and, and thought. Well, good. And we're, a little dissent. Oh, really? I want to hear that. On that topic, yeah. But we're uh, continuing that today. We're going to talk to the attorney representing the people that got beat down. Is that right? That's correct, against, yeah. Representing them against San Jose. Yep, yep. Moving along. Really nice note here from Doug from Boston. We already have a national show. Uh, he mentions that, uh, from well, I'll quote him, from time to time, I love going back to listen to the show on the day after the 2016 election. And listen One to of all... the greatest nights of my life. I know, I know. And listen to all I the... I stayed ex- up till three in the morning. And listen to all the excitement and amusement of what just happened, and also listen to all the predictions or assumptions to see what has come true and what is not. I'd Jack, like to hear that myself. Jack starts by saying the FCC is allowing broadcasters to say the F and S words for one day. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we posted that link for you. So if you want to click on that later on today when, when this show is done and there's nothing but garbage on the air, I actually with like, the exception of the shows on this fine radio station. I would actually like to hear that myself. Um, yeah, but, but we'll have the link for you at armstrongandgetty.com, and, uh, and if you can find it, <laughs> and uh, then you can go listen to it. They'll, there, there will be no way to convey to future generations how big a surprise that was, because you couldn't lay out the months and months <clears throat> of nonstop, <clears throat> there's no chance. I get it, Dad. The polls said he wasn't going to win. No, no, no! You don't understand! <laughs> there's no way he was going to win! <laughs> Not even a chance! Yeah. Uh, let's see. Ah, passing the torch. Today was the day, writes uh, Sherry. Today was the day I passed the torch. I'm a faggoty listener, friend of Armstrong and Getty over 10 years. But to my chagrin, my husband and daughters just cannot do talk radio. Her husband has uh, hearing loss, prevents him from uh, hearing the words clearly. I'm sorry to hear that, sir. You're probably better off. Uh, let's see. My- You're probably, uh, probably happier. My almost 13-year-old son, though, has lately taken an interest in politics and what is happening in the world. Yay! So today we listened and he laughed. And because he's 12, you are now referred to as Armstrong Spaghetti. Hilarious. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you for the continued laughs. Thank you, Sherry. God, if your kid, dis- uh, all of a sudden somebody announces to you they have an interest in what's going on in the world, what do you have them do? Because I'm not sure watching TV, listening to the radio, <laughs> reading newspapers is a way to find out what is going on in the world. Choose carefully. It's a way to find out what somebody's uh, opinion or spin is on what's going on in the world. It's uh, a, a good way to find out a very small subset of the things happening in the world right. that would lead you to have uh, a mistaken view. And it will give you no idea of the ranking of importance of <laughs> things going not. on in the world. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. Moving along, here's a nice note from uh, M. 
Uh, Jack's uh, Jack's smelly truck. I, too, had a truck that smelled too bad to sell. I'm interested if this is really the case, if Jack wants to get rid of it. I need I a truck. I never and, even hinted at that. And replacing the offending smelling parts is not a problem. Then he points out that they have a big Second Amendment barbecue in San Jose next uh, Saturday. Um, I will be uh, otherwise uh, uh, occupied with my uh, daughter. But thank you for the invite. Good luck on your big barbecue. Are they? He's uh, cooking for three hundred people: tri tips, ribs, chicken, and links. They're having a barbecue oh, yeah. in favor of the Second Amendment, or yes. in favor of a, okay. yes. Gotcha. They're supporters. Uh, here's a note from Monterey Bay. Speaking of, that's where I'm going to be this weekend: Monterey Bay, with my uh, beloved daughter and beloved wife. Brian points out toy plastic dinosaurs are made from oil. Oil is made from dead dinosaurs. How this world evolved is just too complicated. (laughs) Then he shares another um, uh, philosophical thought. He's uh, been a listener for five years. He says, 30-year-old homeless homie who has a new job at a bakery in the beautiful town of Pacific Grove. Showing up 10 minutes early has done wonders for me. From homeless... To guy who shows up early and says, hey, boss, I'm here. And all of a sudden, the world is his oyster. Literally, lives on the coast. Moving along. And here's where that clip we uh, discussed might come into play. Randy, if I worked in a bakery, I would be 400 pounds and unable to move on under my own power. I would need a scooter of some sort. When I worked in a Mexican restaurant, I was probably burning 8,000 calories a day, and I still gained 15 pounds as an 18-year-old youth. Oh, boy. Randy in Tampa, Florida, says uh, that California DMV worker was sleeping for thousands of hours on the job and not fired. I can't believe you didn't refer to that worker as a sleeping son of a bitch. Sleepy eyes, Chuck Todd. He's a sleeping son of a bitch, I'll tell you. (laughs) Yeah, we should have. That's right. Wow. That's a good point. Whatever that meant. Guy's the president. He was the president when he said that, wasn't he? Yes, he was. What the hell? Maybe that's why Meet the Press is the most uh, anti-Trump Sunday morning show. I guess. Let's see. Oh, this is. You know what? I often don't go backwards to to topics of a few days ago. People picking up the podcast, filling in the blanks, uh, segments they missed, whatever. But this is such a good one from Eric in San Diego. I had to do it. We we're talking about um, the the, uh, the city of. Uh, was it Redwood City? Is banning free lunches for Google employees. Passed laws saying companies can't feed their employees, can't subsidize in-house meals to protect restaurateurs trying to have a centrally planned local economy. Eric writes, if the municipalities want to ban the free meals at tech companies, why not sue the city for their free school lunch programs or feeding the homeless oh, or food stamp programs? No, I, I, you know... And before I you hit me I with the, those people are starving argument, wait. I shouldn't be built this way, but I am mad at myself for not thinking of that obvious response. Yes. Yeah, no kidding. Obvious response. Like I said, it was so good, I had to, had to bring it up. And before you go with I the, was, I was oh, going you're to... against starving people, the free school lunches goes to anybody, adult or child, who shows up all year long, all summer long. It's just the agricultural department deciding the federal government is going to feed Americans for the first time ever with no discussion, no laws passed. Congress didn't debate this. It's just happening. It's part of the ag bill. Yeah, I uh, I was cleaning out old emails. I was looking for an email from our school the other day, and I came through an old email at the end of the last school year, and it said, a reminder, the school lunch program goes all summer long. And uh, here's where you show up and get your food or whatever. 
I don't know how it's a school lunch if it's in the middle of the year and there's no school going on. But, yeah, it's a it's it's a weird redistribution of wealth government food program that nobody voted for or discussed. Right. It has happened all across this country and you never hear about it. I wish I'd have gone one time because I'd like to know how many people show up or is the scam a lot of places that they buy, cook, prepare gazillions of meals and then throw them away, but the money's changing hands. Is that what's going on? I don't know. Are there people showing up and eating these things? Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think there are some. But you you have to get down to fundamentals. Anytime you're, you know, if if you've ever read much about parenting or or coaching or, you know, and really almost any human communication, you have to get down to the fundamental message you're sending when you give permission or withhold permission or or demand this or forbid that or whatever you got you have to understand what are you at a base level communicating this one's a simple one and the federal government is communicating to millions and millions and millions of parents you are not responsible for feeding your children you do not have to worry about feeding your children you do not have to design your life you do not not have to make it fundamental to your being that you will take care of your offspring feel free to spend your money whether you've got a little or a lot on other things right because we've got the whole feeding your kids part Big portion of brother your life. will feed your child which is just a major change in the structure of society all societies and, and, and again never discussed still not discussed yeah been going on for years i've never heard anybody bring it up other than on this radio show and i don't even remember how we stumbled upon it well we but get, we but get the letters every single year from folks at various school districts and it's you know but i've never have you ever heard a talk radio show where they're discussing it i haven't well, not that i recall i've certainly never seen a cable news show where they're discussing it mm-hmm. it's a billions and billions of dollars of program uh nationwide that just exists and okay it's the most redistribution redistribution of wealth you could have it's entirely possible that it's mostly a program to support farm prices. Could be. It's Could a be. sop to the farmers, and we're more than willing to fundamentally reorder the relationship between parent and child to keep that lobbying group happy. That's the way government works. So Marshall's got the very latest news, and we'll bring you that whole thing. I will tell you what the conclusion was, the 500-page report on that missing Malaysian airliner, one of the great mysteries in aviation history. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. So I'll boil it down for you so you don't have to read the 500-page report that finally came out four years after that Malaysian airline disappeared with 200-some people on board, including three Americans. Uh, They don't know for certain, but they believe with very strong certainty that some human being took over the controls and did this on purpose. And they think the by far the most likely outcome is that it was a third party, not the pilot. So it was definitely a human being did this on purpose. And most likely it was not the pilot. It was a third party. Huh. They don't think they'll ever know any more than that. Could be crew. Could be a passenger. I haven't read the report. Nor will I. Well, all the speculation still... Uh, fits out there, you know, some sort of test-run terrorist thing that they tried out or something. Mm. Suicidal passenger. Who knows? But it was a human being. Somebody did that on purpose. And th- the the result of not knowing where it went has to be an accident, right? Well, what do you mean? They probably took over the plane, wanted to die, and just accidentally were able did it where... 
there is no communication and nobody would ever find them? Yeah, I suppose so. Maybe maybe there was a, uh, what was the Shanksville, Pennsylvania flight number? Maybe there were, the passengers fought back, the crew fought back, and... That's just where it went down. Yeah. It just happened to go down somewhere where you'd never find it. Right, yeah. I don't know, but that's that's all, probably all we'll ever know about that. What a what a mystery. Uh, there's Marsha Phillips. Let's hear the news. Well, we've got more than a dozen wildfires burning in California right now. The largest is in Northern California. It's now 23% contained. The so-called car fire has grown to 162 square miles. The fire has destroyed over 818 homes. A fellow named Dave Spleetoff is the lead pilot with CAL FIRE. He directs the air tankers fighting the fires from above. He says this fire had him flying above his own home in the uh, town of Redding. I knew there was going to be a lot of burned homes, but when I came over that one area, the amount of destruction, and as far as you could see, there was nothing but foundations. Nothing but foundations. The car fire has claimed the lives of six people right now. And a bit to the Are south. Are there still a number of people missing? Yes. Yep. Yeah, and that's uh, yikes. That doesn't usually have a good outcome in, well, the, in the modern world of communication. Right. Yeah, yeah. I'm hoping everybody's hoping they yeah. just fled for the hills, went to relatives' houses, and haven't checked in. Right. A bit to the south, the second largest fire right now, the Mendocino Complex fire. That's burned over sixty thousand acres. That is threatening another ten thousand houses. Only five percent contained there. The felony money laundering trial of former Trump campaign chief Paul Manafort starts this morning in Virginia. He has pleaded not guilty to a number of charges of bank and tax fraud and failure to file reports on foreign financial accounts. Special counsel Robert Mueller's team is prosecuting Manafort, though the charges are not directly related to Russian interference in the 2016 presidential election. Well, yeah, so this is a separate thing. They started looking yep. into this and they came across a crook. Who Manafort's obviously a crook. <laughs> Separate? Or is it? Yeah, I think it is. Paul Manafort, chummy with Russian-leaning oligarchs in Ukraine. Hmm? Well, you can understand why if there's a, a theory that Trump worked with with Russians, hiring Paul Manafort would fit into it. Yeah, in a way. <laughs> sure. But this particular crime is yeah. not related to that. No. And then when you get to the Cohen thing, too, that's not even being prosecuted by the Mueller people. That's a New York district thing. It's a separate right. also. So it's difficult to understand where this is going. Now, I heard a bunch of talk yesterday on the cable news channels. Now that everybody's expecting by the 1st of September this report to come out. Is that true? That just could be, you know, how D.C., a rumor gets started and everybody repeats it on each other. And that'll be broadcast reports say, and all of a sudden it's true. So it turns out not to be. I'll tell you what. We get the heads up that noon tomorrow, Mueller's going to come out and release his report. That's going to be one of the big news days in modern history. Yeah. Yeah. I heard somebody say, and I think they're quite correct, that the next day will be... A spinathon, where one side saying, eh, there's nothing new here, this is exactly what we expected, no matter what's in it, and the other side will be howling as if their hair were on fire. This is the most stunning indictment of a sitting president in American history, <laughs> well, if, if regardless a, of what's in it. If it's mostly nothing, what would the spin be? That From which side? Well, from the Trump-hating side, which is almost all of the media. Would it be that Mueller's in the pocket of Trump? Or, I mean, what are, the, what are people going to claim? Like a hungry little mouse, Jack. They will grab onto tidbits and pronounce them delicious. Because <laughs> I'm sure there will be a tidbit or two that makes him seem like not a great guy. Eight states and the District of Columbia are suing to stop the plan for 3D-printed guns from being made available online. 
The federal government last week worked out a settlement that will allow a Texas company called Defense Distributed and presumably other companies to go ahead and put plans for the weapons up for download. Some can be printed from the same material Lego blocks are made of. Well, President Trump is weighing in on Twitter this morning saying, I'm Lego looking- gun you can shoot somebody with. Wait a minute. Trump weighing in saying, I'm looking into 3D plastic guns being sold to the public. Already spoke to the NRA. Doesn't seem to make much sense. End of tweet. You got a Lego gun with Play-Doh bullets hanging from your slinky uh, holster. Is this, does it make any sense to even try to, to stop these plans from being on the internet? Because once they're out there, they're out there, right? Good luck. You remember when it was such a big deal that the, or there were plans for an atomic bomb on the internet that you can get? Boy, did I work hard on that, Marshall. I had one out in my garage yeah. trying to assemble a, an atomic bomb. I'm not good at soldering. Oh, so, don't get in the way. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. No, it didn't go well. But they're saying the, three, the high-end 3D printers needed to make the weapons cost thousands of dollars. Could be For two- now. Could be too expensive for most people. For now. That'll but, change in a year or six months. But that is not easy. The concerns of those who think 3D printed guns are really bad ideas. We'll all have a 3D printer within, I don't know, yeah. you know what the years will be, five, ten years. Yes, Whatever. Please. We'll all have one. It'll be incredibly cheap. It'll be as common as having a home computer. And these plans will be out and about whether the government says they should be right. or not. So we're, we might as well just... You know, look into how we're going to deal with this right now. I'll bet you become a club member or something that there's, a, you know, a giant website that has plans for everything. It's you'd Google it more right. or less. And mm-hmm. like, all right, I need a washer for a, a Fister a, a sink, you know, a faucet. Right. Uh, oh, this model. Clickety click. And then you print it out and then you go fix your drip. That'll be fantastic. Oh, man. Sorry, uh, Lowe's. Uh, and and so how about Legos if you want to talk about things that aren't important? But will you just be able to print out whatever Lego you need? Sure, there'll be knockoffs and there'll be copyright battles, but they'll get around them. And uh, some of the uh, coverage I've seen on this story says, you know, they've already uh, put out thousands of these uh, blueprints. They're already out. People have been downloading them for a while now. Sean, don't you think this is one of these old people not understanding the way the Internet works sort of things? I mean, I just... Yeah, um, and I, I do feel that the NRA's opposition to it is very interesting because I think it kind of highlights that they're much more interested in, in gun sales than necessarily gun rights. Um, well, I think that's wildly overstated. I think their main sponsors said, hey, this is uh, this is really uh, not good for us. So you, you're right that that has something to do with it. But, but, the, but this absolutely right. puts them in right. a very awkward position of... Now they have, they're in a position where now they're trying to draw the line of what is an okay and not okay gun. Although they have, uh, they've been in favor of various regulations and background checks and stuff through the years, and this would be completely unre- uh, unregulated. I, yeah, yes. I just wonder if all the gun conversations we've ever had right. are now over because anybody could print a gun. And the company behind uh, behind this is saying this it has nothing to do with gun rights. This is a free speech case. In other words, we should put have the plans the, up. Yep, we should have the freedom to put the plans up in the internet. You should have the freedom to download them. Well, I think they're right, and uh, I well, wonder what this will uh, yield. Well, there's the legal argument of whether it's free speech or not, and then there's just the reality of if it's out right. there on the internet. Yeah. Good luck stopping it. It's like getting my uh, take down the picture of me naked. Okay. <laughs> you know, speaking of which, yeah. uh, what about sex toys? There's a lot of people who would prefer not to uh, certainly go into their local shop. Maybe they order online. Maybe they're too embarrassed to even do that. Print their own at home. What a, a great time of, to be alive. <laughs> a variety of marital aids at your fingertips. <laughs> <laughs>
There you go. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. I j- I've been trying to think of what would I use a 3D printer for? Just I, it, it could be like a lot of other advances in technology. I, I don't have the imagination. But any time that you're putting together right. a filing cabinet and you're missing a screw, yeah. you can now just make that screw that would, for that thing. That would be awesome, but maybe this will be one of those things that I can't imagine how I ever lived without it once everybody has one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, listen, the suit against the city of San Jose is moving forward. The suit that alleges that San Jose not only let Trump supporters and the curious get beat down, but... They really kind of encouraged it. We have tape of some of the uh, the testimony before the three-judge panel. We have the lawyer who's pressing the case for the plaintiffs. A lot of good coverage coming up. Awesome. Yeah, so we'll get into all that. Cool. Um, I had a good silly tease. Maybe I should come up with that. I don't know. Thieves used a baby stroller to uh, steal a shark. Shark thieves. Brazen Shark Heist. Maybe you've seen the video. It's making the rounds. Are they familiar with sharks' breathing needs? Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. A New York man recently proposed to his girlfriend by carving the question into his family's corn maze. And this is exciting. She said, Matt! Matt! Oh, she's lost in the corn maze? Yeah. Is that the, uh, yeah, there we go. Yeah, huh? There you go. It was the only one that wasn't about Trump. How about that? I just was waiting for the Trump reference. <laughs> Matt, Matt, why is Trump an a-hole? And, uh, it, and it, never, it never came. Do you suffer from FOBO? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> you know about FOMO? Same guy who turned, invented the term FOMO invented the term FOBO. Remind us, please. So stay tuned for that. What do we have coming up? Oh, a, a great interview, I certainly hope, with the attorney who is pushing the civil rights lawsuit against San Jose, where if you are to the right of Che Guevara, you're allowed to be beaten down in the streets. The cops will watch and the mayor will encourage it. My words, not the uh, the attorney. Yeah, I want to hear that. A couple of things um, I was reading about last night, <clears throat> laying in bed, going through the newspapers. Um, Sean had mentioned the other day something about uh, Tom Cruise doing his stunts in Mission Impossible, and I uh, I didn't say anything because I didn't want to seem like a person who didn't know that, but I didn't know that. I didn't know Tom Cruise was a guy who does his own stunts. And there was an article in the New York Times last night going through the, the it had the top five most dangerous stunts he's done in Mission Impossible music. He's he's a full-on stunt guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I didn't realize yeah. that. Yeah. Yep. He actually learned, like, the, the story that I saw floating around this past weekend, he, for this movie, he learned how to fly a helicopter by doing, like, seven 14-hour days in a row yeah. so he could actually fly the helicopter for the scene in the movie. That is, you know, one thing. I could probably learn how to fly a helicopter, too. But the hanging off a plane as it takes off and hoping not to die, that's a whole different sort of... And yeah, he's he, a unique dude, no doubt. So he's hanging on the on the bottom of a plane if it, as it takes off. I haven't seen a Mission Impossible movie, but it takes off and he's swinging there at the bottom. 
Now, he had a harness attached to him so he wouldn't fall that you mm-hmm. couldn't see underneath his suit, but it still doesn't take care of the the noise, the wind, the if a bird or a rock hits you, or just all these different things that could happen. He had these the birds start chucking rocks, for instance. He had these special um um uh what do you put on your eyes so you can see contact lenses? Contact lenses uh-huh. to to keep the rocks and debris out of his eyes, wow. which made him blind, but that way they could have the, the advantage of him doing his own stunts is they can do close ups. So yeah. that's what they what it's all about. So they can do close ups of him on the motorcycle, driving crazy fast through you know, cobblestone streets or swinging off the airplane or whatever, but he had these contacts in and ear things in and all this different stuff. Just a whole bunch of these stuff. He had to learn. He learned how to hold his breath for six minutes. What? For some underwater thing. Oh, he was come doing. on. What? Put him in the hospital. Wow. Working with divers and stuff like that. There, anyway, there I just one, thought that was interesting. There was one stunt where he was jumping from a building to another building in this most recent movie, and he actually broke his ankle on it. And I'm 95% sure they used that take in the movie. Because he he gets up and he finishes like finishes running through out out of frame of the scene and he's noticeably limping on his broken ankle. You know, I happened to see a really funny thing the other day that he was doing a fight scene. I can't remember if it was this movie or his last movie. He was doing a fight scene with a stuntman guy and he actually punched him in the face. And uh, and if you freeze the frame, you can see his face going, "Oh no!" <laughs> his face is like, "Oh, I'm sorry," but you know it happens so quickly you don't see it in the movie. The only stunt he won't do where he has to have a stand in kiss a girl. Oh huh? Huh? no! Huh? What did that it appears to be a suggestion that he well. Okay, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I don't believe that actually. You just, don't. Huh? It's been a rumor for a while. That's Nicole. Kidman. Um, and who cares? Uh, right. What phobo? Who do you cares? Do you who, who cares? Because uh, it sends a message. That he's a Scientologist and they don't believe in being gay. That's what the message is. I guess. Um, do you suffer from phobo? I probably do. FOMO uh, famously is the fear of missing out, coined by this guy, Mr. McGinnis, who was a student at Harvard. In 2003, he coined the term FOMO. Fear of missing out, mm-hmm. which is something that many of us have. Sure, yeah. I think all of us to one extent or another. Um, he talked about FOBO, though, is something that he uh, coined also at the same time, which isn't as well known, but and, and I suffer from this, and I think most people do. Fear of better options. Whenever you're doing anything, um, say you're say you're you're going to travel and you're searching for a place to stay, right. and you just keep researching bed and breakfasts or hotels, thinking, well, what if what if there's a better one, right? Or restaurants, or or cars, or or maybe relationships, or whatever it is. Oh, fear of better options. Yeah. Wow. And uh, that and he said that's that's the the um. Uh, Part of a byproduct of an affluent society where we can, you know, worry about these sorts of things. Right. Right. The starving man who comes upon a crust of bread isn't worried that, you know, there's like some sourdough down the road. Or if you never get to go anywhere, you're not worried. Is this the coolest exotic locale I could have gone to or is there a better one? Sure. That sort of thing. But he's got these two plans for how to deal with uh, fear of better options. They're they're both pretty good. One of them is... He said, think like a venture capitalist. You write down everything on the topic. You have a list of pros and cons for your options, and then you look at them on paper. I've done this before. There's something about the process of seeing it in print that really, really helps. That's the kind of logic side of one. Mm-hmm. All right? Makes sense. This is the other one. He said, and he does this all the time, every day. Ask the watch. If it comes down to two choices, if the second hand is on this side of the watch, it's this choice. If the second hand is on this side of the watch, it's this choice. <laughs> then he looks at his watch, the second hand's on that choice, and you just go with that one. Wow. And don't look back. It's the coin flip method. Basically, yeah. Um, I've always liked the do the coin flip, then instantly assess your emotions. 
on the result. Oh, while the coin is in the air, you know immediately which side you're rooting for. Yeah, oh, really? and or yeah. it comes down, it comes down tails, and you say, ah, oh, I wish it was heads. Wait a minute. I wish it was heads. All right. You've made your choice. Good one. Force yourself to decide. Immediately assess how you feel about it, and then you, you know. FOMO, fear of better options. Don't let it grip your life. It's the caveman in you. Do I flee the saber-toothed tiger that way or that way? It no, your brain knows. We're going to talk to the lawyer who says people in San Jose had their civil rights violated by the city because they didn't just go get to see a presidential candidate like you should be able to do. And the city should allow that to happen. Major protection for the First Amendment at stake here. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.